The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We're going to be in Psalm chapter 52 this morning if you want to follow along. And uh, I tell you, I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed studying through verse by verse. We've gone through several books and recently we're just kind of slow walking through the book of Psalms and uh, chapter by chapter. And it has been an encouragement to me. Uh, you get to a new chapter and, you, and it's not like you go with an agenda. Okay, I want to study this topic and then I'm going to go look through scripture. And that, that is an absolutely great style of study. But what we've done this way is uh, the next chapter or two, what is God telling us? And this morning, uh, we're going to find another unique thing that I, as you look at it, one of the things I love about kind of walking through a book is you really get to see how relevant the Word of God is in times when you might not have seen it. You might have skipped a chapter by not taking time to look into it and find out what it is. And I think this chapter really, when I first started studying it this morning, I was looking at it like, what am I missing here? And then I dug a little deeper, read some up on it, and I, there, there's just some neat encouragement in this chapter that I hope that I hope will be an encouragement to you this morning. I'm going to start actually in verse number 7. So the first seven kind of gives the breakdown, talking about the two aspects in this chapter. And then I'll give you a little bit of history of where it's coming from. So Luke, uh, excuse me, Psalm chapter 52, verse 7. The Bible says this, Lo, this is the man that made not God his strength, but trusted in the abundance of his riches and strengthened himself in his wickedness. Now, obviously, David's speaking of somebody saying this guy uh, wanted nothing to do with God and obviously probably could have. He was around Israel. He, he knew the decisions, but he chose himself to make his riches and make culture and make his own flesh, his desire, his, his leader, what he was going after, not God. So then what we do is we go back to the first few verses and find out why does he think that. So what I need to do is give you a little bit of context. In some of the Bibles, if you have a Bible like mine, uh, right after it says Psalm 52 and before where it starts verse 1, it gives you a little bit of breakdown of what's being spoken of here. I'm going to read what's in, in my Bible. It's a little bit of a description of the chapter. It says, To the chief musicians, Machil, a psalm of David, when Doeg the Edomite came and told Saul and said unto him, David is come to the house of Elimelech. Now, one of the things we know, so this is talking about a man by the name of Doeg. Doeg, as we can read in verse 7, just was a man that strived after accomplishing what he wanted, very much did not want to follow God, excuse me, very much wanted to do his own thing. And so kind of at this point, we know that at one point in his life, David's running from Saul and Doeg comes to Saul to say, hey, we found, we found David. He's kind of going against him at this point. There's another thing that I looked it up. We found that Doeg was known for was that basically kidnapping and killing many of the priests. And that sounds like a, a great powerful thing. At least he thought it was, except you're, you're going out with military force, men who've never used a sword. These were peaceful men of, of the priesthood at the time. So you look at this man, he was just a very cowardly man, but that's not how the world saw him because he wasn't in a position of authority. And so let's read the first few verses of this chapter and find out how David describes Doeg, this man. So he says in verse 1, Why boastest thou thyself in mischief, O mighty man? The goodness of God endureth continually. So he starts off with saying, you boast yourself in all the bad things you do. Obviously, he's turned him in. He's kind of spying on, on David. And, and so he's, 
is why would you boast on good things? And by the way, the reason we talk about Doeg, not just because it's in, 50, in this psalm, but the reason I think it's so relevant today, it, you're going to find people like this. And I'm not talking any specific group of people. We're all going to find people or circumstances or situations where we say it seems like they're just they're doing wrong, but they're not hurt. Please understand that just because one person's not perfect, God's not going to strike them down immediately. We have to remember the long-suffering of God, which we we love. We live in that blessing every day. We need to realize that that same blessing that's offered to us is offered to everyone. So uh, when we look at this, you're undoubtedly going to find somebody in your mind throughout your past that fits the description of Doeg. Uh, don't, don't, don't get overwhelmed with it. Don't say, man, that, that's so true. Just recognize what David's saying here. So he talks about, why are you boasting in your mischief? But I love the last phrase. He says, the goodness of God endureth continually. What, what that, that phrase simply means this. While you may be able to get away with what you're doing now, you're going to pass off the scene. At some point, your life will end, but God continues eternally which means all the things you're trying at some point are going to end and God's going to bring someone else in your place who's going to do good because God's not concerned or consumed with what's going on now because you know God was there with the Roman Empire and God was there in the Babylonian Empire and God was there under George Washington and God is here under President Biden. Please understand that God is always there and the events of what's taking place now, we think, oh, I can be a little nervous, concerned about what's going on. God's here and he's going to be here after that. That's where we put our source of strength. And he's telling this, this man, you're missing the point, you're missing the priority, your direction, your drive is so wrong. Then he continues in verse 2. Thy tongue, thy tongue devises mischiefs like a sharp razor working deceitfully. Thou lovest evil more than good, and lying rather than to speak righteousness. Selah. So he see them means stop and consider what he said, because your tongue desires to do wrong. This is ridiculous. That's a third phone call in a row I'm doing this. I'm sorry. Thy tongue devises mischief. You're trying to go wrong. You're trying to go after um, you desire wrong, you desire this, you love evil more than good. So he's just describing what many of us would see, people we could see. Then he says in verse 4, Thou lovest all devouring words, O thou deceitful tongue. But he says in verse 5, God shall likewise destroy thee forever. He shall take thee away and pluck thee out of thy dwelling place and root thee out of the land of the living. He said at some point, God's going to remove you from where you are and God is going to... Um, He's going to move you out, and he's going to have something better. What your, your life, what you think you're going, will end. So here, here's a couple principles before we get back to that verse we started with. The principle number one, we look at the world, and sometimes as Christians we can look out and say, you know, Satan will say, put it this way, Satan will convince us that following God is not worth it, following God is hard, and the world's got it better. By the way, anybody and everybody who from leaves you know, or, or walks out to the world in a backslidden stupor trying to follow that life, finds out very quickly that that's not true. Right? It, it, it brings nothing but emptiness and pain. So as Christians, you know, Satan wants us to go one way or the other. Let's just keep our eyes focused on Jesus. Let me, let me also speak to second the unsaved world for those who are still seeking the truth here. When you seek the truth, we can look at all of this and, and we can say, but you know, if I follow God or I do join, uh, you know, follow Jesus or whatever, there's all this negative, there's all this and that, and Satan wants us to believe that. Can I tell you that everything that the world has to offer is very temporary? And there's some joy, fun in it for a very short period of time until it brings the grief. God is the one that brings fulfillment. God is the one that fills and helps us where we're hurting. 
And that is where we find true joy. But see, here's where he goes back to verse 7. He says, Lo, this man that made not God his strength, but trusted in the abundance of his riches and strengthened himself is in his wickedness. He said, okay, that's who he is. But he is I, verse 8, but I am like the green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. I will praise thee forever because thou hast done it. And I will wait on thy name, for it is good before thy saints. So he talks, he goes, listen, we could follow this, but I'm going to choose to go the other direction. Simply this, and all of the things. Remember, David's going through some bad times right now. Saul's trying to, really trying to kill him. And so David says, I'm going to trust in the mercy of God. I'm going to trust that he's got a plan. That, you know, at this moment, David had been appointed to be king, which is why Saul's trying to kill him. And so David's appointed to be king. And so... He's like, God, God has a plan for me, so I'm going to trust in his everlasting mercy that even though what's going on doesn't make sense based upon what I've been told is going to happen, I'm just going to trust in God. Sometimes what we believe God's doing or what God has led us and directed us to do seems complicated because our current circumstance makes it complicated. Please remember that God's not surprised, surprised by our current circumstance, and he is not limited by our current circumstance. It's easy for us to think, well, this can't happen or God can't accomplish this simply based upon what's in front of us. Don't ever be consumed by that. Don't ever be deceived into believing that. God is aware of what's going on and he might have brought it or he might be using it to prepare you for what he does have for you down the road. So what is our, what is our responsibility? What do we do at that point? Keep your eyes focused on Jesus. Keep trusting in Jesus. Keep following him. Put your trust in his everlasting mercy. He's in control and he loves you. He's got a plan for you. And if you just keep following him through the dark times when he's with you, he's right there with you, that one day you will be able to look back and say, I can see God's hand through all of it. You know, we're not going to be able to say that God eliminated all the problems and all the struggles in our life because he's not promised to do that. He's just promised to be present in those times. We will look back and we say, I can see God's hand through all of it. I promise you'll be able to look back one day. If that's what we do, we, we follow what David said, trust in the mercy, and not follow the things that Satan encourages us to follow. May that be our drive. May that be our desire and, and what keeps us going even in the hardest of times. Thank you for joining us on this uh, Thursday morning. We appreciate the opportunity to be part of your day. And uh, to keep your eyes on Jesus, keep trusting in him, and watch and see how he works for his glory and your good. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to seeing you again next time.